shot All type man like Jensen Patrick Kanan Tommy Carbon monoxide Dioxide I potassium I see you Hands out here putting in the work Boom One, two, three, four, five Once I caught a fish alive Six, seven, eight, nine, ten Then I let it go again and again And again Then that fish went pen I saw Keisha I saw Ken He was holding a skeng under his skirt He called it kill Big man I don't kill Holding my drink It got spilt that was coconut milk Man I go ching 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 for the ching for what? See your ex in bed for what? Oh that man like pick for what? That man down in depth for what? For what? For what? I went barking Couldn't find parking Kinda jarring Had the 4-4 four, four long like biscuit 4 bed I drink Nesquik Yeah yeah Man's black My hair is black Tracksuit black Your girl is back She's got a back She is zap The girl is clapped Your sister's clap. What is that? Round of applause You're done now don't let this celebrity tie tank fool you from as out if for real. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, this is me. How you doing? Jesus Christ. Um oh, Jesus. It is uh Wednesday, October third, twenty eighteen. Yeah, every time I come up here. It's like I can't hear anything coming out of anything. And, um, yeah, and when I ask somebody to come in and help me, they push a button and everything's back to normal. I've not managed to figure out how to do all this. Since I've been here since January, I have no idea. But this is what things have become for me here in Houston. Texas and I was already uh, not in a enthusiastic mood which I usually am not anyway but um because uh for the past several days or so it's been all Kavanaugh all the time and uh it's just been very tiring and I'm gonna say this because I've said it before uh, but, um, white dudes are destroying everything. They are, you know, they are, especially old white dudes in position of power, because huh, this has been the most white people, white dudes are obviously ruining stuff a few days or week or whatever the hell you want to call it cuz all that dude had to do was admit he was a douchebag in the 80s. Now it's not a big deal. I mean everybody was a douchebag in the 80s. I mean they it was the 80s. Everybody was doing douchey stuff. I mean they've people have written books about how douchey White dudes were, for Christ's sake. And uh, so, all he had to do was appear uh, humble and just apologize, you know, try to be apologetic about his past indiscretions because we've all done stupid things in our youth, stupid things that we, we may not think uh, would uh, uh, affect people's lives, and yet uh, they do. 
But no, no, he had to hit the mic sounding like, you know, a dude angry that his his, his football fantasy league, uh, team ain't, ain't kicking it. You know, just talking about how, you know, this is a witch hunt and it's just, it just was just loud and unruly and just, you know, talking about Tobin and PJ lifting weights and being quite emotional about it. They bring up his calendars like that means something. And just, and, and it's just being, just being, being more douchey now than he was back then. I mean, I've never seen anybody, you know, testify in front of a a committee and just, you know, just, just appear like he, he, was, he was being asked questions and he was offended that they would ask him questions about his life and just, have you ever been blackout drunk? Sir? Have you? Just trying to see, have you? Just like, what the hell is your problem? That is, that is white privilege at his most magnificent right there when you're in front of people who are obviously more powerful than you and you just, you just, you know, you just with the smart mouth and just, you don't care about anything just because this is a witch hunt and I was a, and I was a virgin who liked to drink beer for, for several years thereafter. And then day after day, you hear all this stuff about all the dumbass things he did when he was a teenager. That's what, you were a teenager, so you're supposed to do dumbass things. Every teenager's life is filled with dumbass things, and he can't even cop to that. He got in a bar fight because he thought uh, some guy was the lead singer of UB40. That is that is the most 80s story I've ever heard. Just get you're so drunk you think the guy who sang Red Red Wine was at a bar just and you wanted to fight him. Oh Jesus! And then just when you think you can't get any more, I'm upset at white dudes. Here comes Trump, cause Trump gotta gotta put his stank on it, and just saying things. Let's y'all know Trump is a sociopath, right? It's just it's very apparent. It's it's been apparent. Like, the man can never make a statement that contradicts the statement he made last time. Like, the statement he made before it, he just, he changes, changes opinions so rapidly in, you know, in one sitting. Just, you know, because, you know, just a week ago, he was all like, you know, um, Kavanaugh is a great human being. He's a pillar of society. I seen him uh, breathe life into a baby cat once. 
baby kid or anything. And now he's like, I barely know the dude. I, I've only met him last week. I just barely know. Then, then, then why are you, 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 you so hard in the pain for him, dude? Why are we all, why we all have to deal with this guy? This is, this is the hill Republicans are, are sad or sadly dying on. I'm seeing a bunch of Republicans so, so moist in trying to get this guy on the Supreme Court. It just, they're just, they're literally just, uh, they're just, they're, well, they're just being white dudes. Just, yes, it's all, it's all about, it's all about the power. It's all about, you know, you think, you think power is a, is a, is a, is a very bad TV show on stars, but no. They got it, and they're, they're, they're trying to hold on to as much as possible, even if that means looking like complete asshats. Oh, just that that the whole thing with Jeff Flake in the in the elevator getting accosted by um uh well I would say accosted just just basically uh, w- uh sexual assault victims uh, women uh. Uh, who've uh, been sexually assaulted, the survivors, and just they, 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 they tore into him and tore. And it's, just, it's like one of those things. It's like looking at a guy. Uh, it's like looking at a guy revert back to his four-year-old self when he steals cookies, and his mom is like, "You stole cookies." He wanted, and he and he just had his head low, and he didn't say. He kept saying thank you over and over again. Like he, like he, he knew he, he, he knows he's wrong. He knew it, and it's just like there's nothing he could do because he's, because he, because he's part of the G, the GOP, and nothing you can do. You certainly can't um, talk for yourself or fit or have a, a a backbone. So you just gotta gotta toe the line and just or get on the line or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, and then, and then, of course, I guess something must have happened because Flake, you know, got with another uh, the Democrats and just and, and calls for a delay in the voting. So, a investigation, which I say in air quotes, even though you can't see the quotes, this is happening. I don't know. I don't know if it's much of an investigation, but just it. I've said for the past two weeks, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be up there on the Supreme Court, and it's just and I'm, like I said, unless something wonderful happens, like um, he was uh, gang banged uh, by a bunch of Crips, um, we got uh, Brett get so drunk, I think I see. Uh, reggae pop singers in a bar. Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh will be Supreme Court justice, and Jesus, oh, and we'll have Trump for several more years, and you know, talking down to women whenever he sees them. I mean, Trump does not care. He just. He will stop everything cold and say the worst thing you could possibly say to a, to a woman or anybody. Just 
Oh, you wasn't thinking, ma'am. You you never do. You never. They never think. And this, I'm Trump, and you know my dad gave me a loan of a million dollars, and in return I made him uh, not pay taxes ever. I finally saw uh, pictures of Trump's parents, and you remember when the the Dick Tracy movie came out, and <laughs> there were all these just just bizarre looking villains in it you know just that's that's what trump's parents looked like just like you know just go just go find pictures of them and see just like that is that you know just thinking just like man those what was wrong with their features they're just i'm not you know trying not to to demean someone's parents, but you know they 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 don't look well right at all. They did they did not look right at all. Just just of course now he doesn't look right at all. Like a huge orange pile of regret and sadness. Speaking of regret and sadness, Kanye West once again did Kanye stuff. Like went on SNL to. Rant about oh they're bullying me because they they want me to take that MAGA hat off. Yes, take off the damn hat. You know why they want to take it? Because they don't want to be associated with with Trump and whatever he's trying to do. So you know, Trump supporters don't even I don't think they wear the hat anymore. Especially since Kanye started wearing all the damn time. So. Yeah, Kanye just, oh Jesus, and um, and everybody was waiting for his new album. I don't know why, but uh, as if those five, six mini LPs, then EPs earlier this year didn't give you an idea of more junk we're gonna get from him, and then his wife, who apparently who seems more on the ball when it comes to Kanye's. Kanye West music career that Kanye West had to say that it won't come out till November. So, so if you want more information about where Kanye West is, is headed musically, I guess you got to follow his wife now, which is, you certainly can't follow Kanye. I just was, I just saw uh, footage of him somewhere on top of a table uh, urging people to leave Elon Musk alone, which I didn't know that was a big concern. Uh, what else? Uh, Cat Williams. He, I saw, I saw, uh, what is it? Instagram live footage of Cat Williams just upset that, uh, Kevin Hart would, 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 would actually respond to all those bogus claims he made. And threatening, you know, to knock him out, and just he, you know, he he was just in the gym and ready to knock people out. Dude, you got your ass kicked by a twelve-year-old boy. Yeah, and it's, it's on it's on tape, so it's it's it's, it's re- recorded for posterity. You can't threaten people anymore when you got beat down by a middle schooler. It's it's you can't do it. You're you're you've lost all your threatening privileges. 
because you got wrecked by by friggin' you know uh, member of the proud family just because you you ever see that that footage of him like that that boy literally had him in a chokehold and he was on the on the ground diving some somebody somebody get him somebody get him somebody get him pimping pimping pimp down pimp down Ugh. I'm so fed up with Cat Williams. Just I'm I'm so fed up with the 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 Cat Williams stands. It's just you know damn well Cat Williams ain't had a uh, had a funny joke since he was talking about uh, getting high on love seats and everything. <sighs> Of course, the big news in Houston is that um, they want to open a robot sex brothel, and uh, like the city won't let them do it, won't let them open up the brothel full of uh, sex robots. Yeah, I was reading reading that, and it didn't even surprise me that there are sex robot brothels. Because apparently nobody pays attention to Blade Runner or a damn Westworld or any movie that talks about how, or a TV show that talks about how AI will just destroy everything that's human because of course men really need to get it on with somebody or something so might as well just have a have a brothel full of sex robots and it's like you know you know there's people like already well dudes already to go to the Sex robot brothel, and it's just, just, you know, all ready to give up on the dames. Did I just call women dames? Jesus, all ready to give up on women. Like what? What? Why need women for it? Is a sex robot brothel? The sex robot brothel. That place, if that place ever did really happen in Houston, I don't think it will, but it will. That place would just smell so awful. Just be nothing but, I don't know, just rubber and metal and ass. It is just be the most disgusting place. But, of course, men wouldn't care because they'd be having sex with sex robots. <laughs> just like men, all of all all men dream of one day having uh, complete satisfying relations with inanimate object. Most of us already have done that. Uh, just you know. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the thing we uh, we start uh find out about Kavanaugh soon just that 
like, you know, the, you know, since he apparently was a virgin and wasn't getting any, he found some other ways to, to please himself. I wouldn't be surprised if he, um, got it on with, uh, with empty, uh, paper towel rolls. Just like put, uh, you know, uh, just put the paper towel or some other in one end and just, and just pretended it was, uh, Pamela Sue Martin or whoever was, yeah, it was popping back then. Just, ah, oh, geez, the, the, the human race just continues to, to disappoint me and just, I'm, I'm really trying to be hopeful enthusiastic or at least have or at least have a good time in some way but it's just just bad news just all over the damn place just all over just uh well hopefully uh we can get through this together this is the most yeasty yeah, let's call it the most yeasty show on uh, public radio. This is the Sour Hour. Let's get it on. It's that six six long slim sticking your chick, pulling tricks, looking slick at all times when I'm flipping, bar sipping, car dipping, Grant Wood grain gripping, still tipping on still tipping on GameCube, Nintendo, 5% tent, so you can't see up in my window. These don't understand me, cause I'm boss hog on candy. Top down at Maxis with a big nine handy. Pieced up, creased up, stand dressed to impress. Big boss, Bill Buckle under my Mitchell and S. Oh, Gucci shades up on my braids when I escalate. When I'm riding spree wheel, sliding like an escapade. I got it made, the big boss of the north. Ain't change, I still rip. Possess with your house, huh? Tipping on bobos, wrapped in bobos, tipping on bobos, wrapped in bobos, tipping on bobos, wrapped in bobos, tipping bobos, bobos, I'm tipping. Wood grain, I'm gripping, catch me lying, switching with the paint dripping. Turn your neck and your dang missing. Me and Slim, we ain't tripping. I'm figure flipping and sir sipping. Like do or die, I'm pole pimping. Car stop, rims keep spinning. I'm flipping, drop with invisible tops. Bob with my drop, step out. I'm shaking the block with 418s. Candy green with 11 screens. My gasoline, I'll wait supreme. Got dodo the brand with a paint of lean. It tastes grinding to be a king. It tastes grinding to be a king. First round, drop piece coming. Who is Mike Jones coming? Slap shining with the grill and warming. Slap shining with the grill and warming. I'm Mike Jones. Mike Jones, the one and only. You can't clone it. Got a lot of haters and a lot of homies. Some friends and some phony. Back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot. All on me. Back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot. All on me. Back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot. All on me. Back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot. All on me. Back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot. All on me. Back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot. All on me. Back then, didn't want
moment, now I'm hot all on it. Champ. My chain light up like a lamp, cause now I'm back with the camp I'm crawling similar to an ant, cause I'm low to the earth People's feelings get hurt, when they figure out what I'm worth I got 84's, poking out, at the club I'm showing out I'm a player, ain't no doubt, wanna know what I'm about Biggest diamonds off in my mouth, princess cuss all in my chain Wood grain all in my range, dripping stains when I switch lanes it's still the same. Switch a house or switch a blast. Mike Jones, he running the game and magnificent by this cash. He made me hot. Hard work took me to the top. G dash took me to the lot. He wrote a check and bought a drop. I got the internet going nuts. But T Ferris got my back, so now I'm holding my. This power wild, baby. What you know about me? I'm on that 5 9 South Lee, baby. Holla at me. Get your ass in that cell, boy. Sitting in the Harris County Jail, spending all my little time. Not driving fancy cars, I'm just staying at bars and about to lose my mind. So I get up to take a shower, funky toes are everywhere. Saw a trustee eating more than me, and I thought it wasn't fair. And it hurts right here. Stuck in here for a year I miss my girl And I miss my free world I really miss my free world I'm so all alone I don't know when I'm going home <laughs> No doubt this jam is funky and it's given from Big Mike Uniquely put together something that I know you'll like But get to the point, to the matter, to the topic Hard as the penitentiary and nobody can stop it Through two is by my side and we're the toughest on the block Non-believers step up to me and they all get dropped Like punks in the place who want to claim that they're down I claim that they're king but don't even have a crown But I come from the street with my gangster mentality Slash the throats of those who wish to battle me Mike check one, two to the break of dawn And you don't stop Cause I'm a project born, I hit it dead on the head Never miss up B. Some scratch the surface, but I be getting deep. B I G M O N E Y M I K E. It's just two F L Y C R E A T I V. Exactly what you should call M E. And I'm in this with my trusty pen and pad. Mic in hand, and man, I'm making a man while I'm rolling. And folks who want to front get thick real quick. Yo, this is for the convicts. The money in the bank, the bank is what I said Cause when I tear it up, suckers get beaten up They ain't that damn tough, and now you know what's up And what's up is the fact that I can't throw down with him Or her, or this or that, it doesn't make a difference Man or woman, a sucker is a sucker, so keep them coming Pass me the weight, and watch me pump it like a real man Pass me a cooler, and I'll become cooler than an ice cube In the mid of winter, stick it till you find young ladies like a splinter Lending it so you can hear One of the dopest jams of the year And it's guaranteed to make your mind click Hey, who's this for? Yo, this is for the convicts <laughs> Yeah, fool, this is 
for the con. This jab is running, moving steady, my rhymes help to uplift it. Just to show the proof effect that X cause a gifted. Blowing minds, not doing time. And if we wasn't through time, it wouldn't be because of stealing rhymes. Or any other petty crime. Cause I'm not the one to drop a dime. I just get hyped and go for mine. And pulling all the girls that are fine. So here we go, here we go, here we go to make it. If you have a prestigious title, I surely take it. But how's break it? Yo, and if you're looking for a battle, don't you even try to fake it. Huh, cause Big Mike is on point. 3 2 is on point. X Cons rocks the joint with a hit. Yo, this is for the convicts. <laughs> To punch the clock, I just wanna go to sleep. But the wife wanna gripe about bills. I'm like, I'm trying to chill. I ain't even trying to fight. Can I pop a couple Excedrin and take it to the bed? Cause the head's getting tired. I don't smoke, but I might drink a little something, something that'll help me act right. Something brown in a glass, put me down on my ass, and I'm good for the night. I used to get been out of shape, had to take a step back. I'm getting stressful. Nothing that I can think of that's ever worth me working my blood pressure up. So I marinate in the cut with Marvin in the background making it smooth. Glad I just made it through the day. The phone's off the hook and now I'm just playing it cool. Gotta lay it down for now. I'm just playing it cool. To so chill, relax, get the monkey off my back and play. And save all the drama. I'm saying that I'ma play it. <coughs> Let's sit for today, tomorrow, I'll be playing it Steady working on my nerves, got me looking at some ways I can bond them okay Though I'm intrigued to achieve, every time I take a step it's like the devil on my hey. Sitting daydream like a slave, like once I get a chance I'ma bust it rough fast Kinda cocky, a little fed up, 9 to 5's a joke, but I gotta eat Like they got beef at the J and I'm looking at them like don't make me pull a gun one step from getting pissed and real ignorant Gonna make me start cursing and acting real dumb Come home with my head on smash Different days, same or same, it's getting real tight I wanna chill and relax, but I gotta get back to my notepad and ride I need some cash at my grass, the only way I could alleviate the fright I try to refrain from being negative, but everyday these knuckleheads provoke me to fight But I'ma chill cause it's all about keeping lights at the crib so that we can move I'ma take a little squig of this cup, lay back and recline and just play it cool. Gotta lay it down for now, I'm just playing it cool. To chill, relax, get the monkey off my back and play cool. And save 
of all the drama I'm saying that I'ma play it Let's sit for it today, tomorrow I'll be playing it Okay, yeah, let's close it like that. Um, you're listening to the Sour Hour, aka Everything is Cancelled, aka Uncle Crizzle's Anger Hour. Uh, I'm Craig D. Lindsay, aka Uncle Crizzle, aka Black Larry David, aka Anastasia Beaverhausen. A.K.A. your friendly Helen Mirren stalker. And, uh, this is the Sour Hour on HD2, not 3-2. If you want to hit me up out there on the interwebs, on the social media platforms, my handle is, uh, at Uncle Crizzle. U-N-C-L-E-C-R-I-Z-Z-L-E. Uh, if you want to let me know you're listening, uh, you can hashtag the sour hour. Nobody does, but, you know, just, just still throwing that out there. Just, you know, trying, trying to do the hope thing. And, uh, if you want to listen to, uh, archive episodes or previous episodes, yeah, the archive page is on, um, Mixcloud.com slash Uncle Crizzle. Uh, let's talk about the songs I played. Um, let's start off at the top with a classic. It came out 12, 13 years or so ago. Still tipping. Mike Jones, Paul Wall, Slim Thug, The Troika. Uh, it's always been a favorite of mine. And after that, a, a true classic, a, an oldie but a goodie, uh, the Convicts, uh, Big Mike, and the other guy. I forget. Uh, it's, this is for the Convicts. I remember back in high school, that was the jam that 97.9 was playing. And after that, uh, a little bit of uh, alt-hip-hop for you. Uh, uh, D-Rose. Um, aka Cashmere Don. That's where he, I believe that's where he refers to himself now. Since there's another D Rose that's kind of in prison. Uh, D Rose and DJ Cosmos play it cool from their uh 08 Taster's Choice album featuring uh D Randall, uh, Damon Randall, friend of the show. Shout out to uh him and uh Oz Longworth doing Opinions While Black, but back then he was a on on rap with the uh, legendary Chaotix, and he provided vocals for a play cool right there. Probably wondering uh, why I'm playing these uh, tracks because they're all. I'm, I'm pretty sure some of y'all was asking yourself that. I don't know. Uh, uh, they're all tracks uh, recorded right here in Houston by uh, Houston rappers and hip hoppers. And the person who I'll be speaking to now is a person who's been uh, chronicling the work of uh, hip-hoppers 
and rappers here in uh, the the lone, here in Houston, uh, in and around Houston, that is. So let me see if I can get this dude on the phone now. And do 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 do. Just okay, just. Yeah, this which one? Which phone? Which phone number he gave me? Ah, oh, Jesus, is my. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Calling him right now. Okay, FaceTime. Got that going. Did it work? Yes, it's working right now. Uh, How's it uh, going, Mister? It's going fine. How how things going with you? I'm doing all right. You know, hanging in there, keeping busy. All right. Uh, we got um uh, an author, uh, well-known author. He uh, and a uh, hip hop journalist, if you will, a music journalist. He's uh, written for various publications, including uh, the Houston Press, back when it mattered. And he is, uh, he has, uh, written, uh, several, uh, tomes, if you will, about, uh, Houston rap. Um, he's, uh, he's currently out and about, uh, promoting, um, the, the latest edition of Houston rap tapes, which is a, um, a book that came out in 2013. I've revised and updated it, the whole thing. So, uh, Lance Scott Walker, welcome to the Sour Hour, sir. Thank you for having me, sir. And um, where did um, the idea to um, revise Houston rap tapes come from? Well, that uh, that came from the University of Texas. You know, I, I approached them a few years ago, um, I guess about two and a half years ago, about doing a book on DJ Screw. Yeah. And they enthusiastically said, yes, we would love to. Uh, which I was very happy about. And so they said, okay, yes. Um, and here's what we need from you and go to work. And mm-hmm. so I did, I'd already been working on it for years. And then maybe a few months later, the acquiring editor uh, approached me and he said, Hey, what would you think about republishing um, Houston rap tapes? I said, yeah, you know, it sounds great. And he said, you know, what we'll do is we'll, we'll put it under peer review and, you know, you kind of, put it under the microscope and have a couple other writers look at it. And um, then you can, you know, we can change it up. You can, you can add to it. You can, um, you know, restructure it, do whatever you want to do. So, uh, so I got the, so we did that. We put it under peer review and some of the suggestions from the peer reviewers were really great. And um, so I came up with a plan of how I wanted to do it. And I presented it at the university and they said, okay, go ahead and do that. So, that's basically how it worked. You know, they, I think that if I didn't have an idea for how I was going to do it, they probably would have said, well, let's just publish the same book. But they gave me just enough latitude and, and, and failed to ask just enough questions to where I was able to stuff a bunch more interviews in there. And, um, on the, on the advice of the, uh, um, of the peer reviewers, I added album art and photos. And then of course I, I drew the maps that go in there. So, but the universe, you know, I, I don't know that I would have, necessarily thought of republishing it that that idea definitely came from the university of texas well i was about to ask like what did you include in just you say 
that you threw in a lot more interviews, uh, who in particular that uh, you added to the roster of people you talked to? Oh, wow. Yeah, the new ones, some of them were, were interviews that I had, you know, continued collecting over the years. And a few of them were people that were, I felt sorely missing from the first book. And uh, so so I went out and got those. But I got Steve Fournier. You know, that's a really important one. Uh, you know, one of the first hip hop DJs in, in Houston, uh, responsible for getting hip hop into a lot of clubs in Houston. He was the guy behind the Rhinestone Wrangler. Um, I got an interview in there with Jazzy Red. Um, everybody knows him from Kids Jam and from, you know, the records he's made over the years. He's a DJ out in Beaumont now. Uh, Pam Collins, who was the um, uh, she was the station or the program director, I guess, at um, at TSU whenever Kids Jam was on the air in the early 80s. Uh, I got Scarface in there. I got uh, Les Money in there. I got Rob Quest, DJ Dumbo, um, Cal Wayne, OMB Bloodbath, you know, a couple of new artists. So it, it's it's, again, more of a cross section. You know, I, I, I sort of restructured the book to where everything is broken up in a lot you know, it, sort of a linear way, but there, there were people that I felt were sorely missing from the first book that I really wanted to get. And that this gave me a chance to at least get some of them, not all of them, but, but, but some of them. Mm-hmm. Now for people who don't know, Houston rap tapes was a companion volume to, uh, the Houston rap, uh, a coffee table book that, uh, you mm-hmm. and Peter Beth did. Correct. And, um, so, so this has just like been a common thing that's been happening for you for for quite some time. You kind of uh, have uh, taken upon yourself to be, um, oh, Jesus, what, 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 uh, an archivist or uh, just a anthropologist, if you will, or just. Uh, uh, I'm I'm just I'm just the guy who keep, just keeps doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. I mean, just what I, just inspi- I mean, how did it go back to to how it was with a with a doing the uh the coffee table book houston rap i mean where did it all begin with that that's all peter best you know the whole idea for the project is peter best mm-hmm. i've known him since 1996 so uh, we you know we go way back we're old friends he used to come take pictures of my old punk rock bands when you know in the late 90s and in 2004 he was living in new york and i was still in houston and he said you know hey i'm, I'm gonna start coming back to houston um to take pictures of you know the early gangster rappers we grew up listening to, and I'm gonna make a book, and so I was like, well, sweet, I'll see you, you know, I'll see more of you, because you know he at that point he was working on his Norwegian black metal book, and so he was back and forth to Europe, and I didn't see a whole lot of him, um, but he came down here, I guess he made maybe two or three trips in 2004, and maybe by that third trip he said to me, hey, you know, I'm going out and I'm taking pictures of these guys, and I'm you know, they're just telling me incredible stories while while we're out. And, uh, you know, you're a writer. Uh, you know, I was writing for the Houston Chronicle at the time. He said, you should come aboard and, and you should write this book with me. You should make this book with me, you know, interview people. You know, you, you're, you're a storyteller. You know how to interview people. Come aboard. So it originally started off totally as Peter's idea. It was it was totally going to be um, just a, a photo book. But he he was the one who had the vision who saw that, well, if we had stories in here, too, then it'll give it a dimension that that you, you, you couldn't possibly get from the photos. Mm-hmm. So, so I joined with him probably early 2005, you know, before everything broke, everything sort of broke for Houston in about the middle of, you know, spring, summer 2005 is when Still Tippin' really popped and, you know, everybody's albums started coming out and, you know, 
Mike Jones is at number three, then Slim Thug was at number two, and then Paul Wall was at number one. You know, yeah. all those those albums coming out. So we we got a we got in like right before that wave hit, which was which was great for us because um, you know it gave us I think a little bit more credibility with some people because we we weren't coming in with the wave; we were sort of right before it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you point out the wave because um, back in the good old days when I was writing about. Um, Houston rap and hip hop and everything. Um, in the early aughts, um, yeah, Houston raps was starting to get uh, notice, uh, especially by outlets in the East Coast, like uh, like uh, like uh, you know back when the uh, Khalifa Sane um, he wrote for the Times and he was uh, hyping up uh, you know uh, Lil Troy. Mm-hmm. And Devin the dude, and uh, I remember uh, Vibe uh, asked me to write a brief piece about um, uh, hip hop, and they wanted me to uh, you know to concentrate on 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 one specific artist, and I was trying to tell them that like yeah, well there are other people out here, you know doing mm-hmm. stuff. You know, might want to add those into the, but they just wanted uh, to concentrate on one specific artist or just just one person or just one sound, if you will. Uh, just did you find that when people were talking about the wave, they were more concentrating on, as you say, like the Paul Walls, the Slim Thugs, and and uh, not really getting the full scope of the Houston rap community here. Like the guys oh, that the guys that yeah. uh Frank uh Frank William Miller Jr. would hype up like the foundation and the chaotics and and all those uh all those alternative groups that, that, that don't that, that don't have the um the uh, grittiness of other MCs around here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well I think you know I think there's sort of now there's really multiple sides to to what's going on in Houston as far as the sounds go but I think that that there's always been sort of a divide between you know what artists like chaotics are doing and versus the sort of more gangster rap sound you know they're just different sensibilities different sounds different feels um, they they write about different things so yeah I, I would definitely say that that sort of um, that scene was was very much overlooked I mean you know I was in Houston for the first two years when I was working on the book and then I got to New York and you know you, you come to new york and you get the same response oh god houston houston sucks but then you know the the wave as 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 we call it um just continued to to boil over and you just you you weren't going to stop hearing about paul wall and slim thug and chameleon air and and then all of a sudden people start realizing oh well, little troy oh he's from devin the dude's from houston too ghetto boys you know they started putting it together it's like yeah you know it's a there's a lot of people from houston that's the whole thing there's a lot of people from houston that have been doing this for a long time and because it was a wave in uh, in 2005 you know people sort of think of it as a, a package of of artists that all came out at once and there's certainly some truth to that you know most of the artists that really popped right at that moment had been involved with swisher house at least at some point even if they weren't right at the moment when they broke um but you know, I've just noticed. I've just noticed, at least here, you know, being in New York, um, that you know, people's perception of, of Houston rap has has grown and changed over the years. You know, the first couple of years I was here, like I said, it was 
you know, your sort of typical East Coast or any other big city in the United States reaction to Houston. You know, oh, yeah, that's our that's the little brother. You know, Mm. nobody cares about Houston. Nobody cares about what's going on in Houston. But I noticed that changing over the first, you know, three or so years that I was in New York. I've been here 12 years now. And the first three or so years that I was here, I started to notice that change where people just started talking a little bit differently about about Houston rap and and what was going on here and who was from here and and what the you know the sort of the place for for Houston rap music and the the overall you know hip hop uh, diaspora. Did you when you were here uh, covering Houston rapper and just talking to rappers, especially when you started? Uh, working on the first edition of the rap tapes, were you getting uh, feedback from other MCs and rappers talking about how you're not talking about them or just not uh, putting them out there? Because that was the experience I often had when I was covering rap. And it's also kind of a thing I noticed that's kind of almost what's what's kind of hobbling uh mm-hmm. the, the the community where just like everybody is so uh ready to just climb over each other mm-hmm. that they they never stop to think well maybe if we all kind of just went into this together and just worked on building a community where there's so many different facets and everything that we can we can uh, rise along with the community itself, and just like we can, we can get uh, fed, but at the same time, also making the the Houston rap community uh, community a more stronger, um, more very uh, visible one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, everybody thinks the book should be about them. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, <laughs> my response is always, "Well, I'm I'm sorry I didn't make the book that you would have made." Yeah. Um, but, you know, that said, you know, I try to be very equal opportunity as far as what I touch on. You know, I think it's just Im- impossible to to cover everyone. It's yeah. certainly impossible to interview everyone. And especially in Houston, I don't know if you can look at any other uh, rap scene on Earth and find as high of a percentage of superstars who are dead. I mean, it's insane, yeah. you know, with so many, so many amazing artists from houston are no longer with us mm-hmm. you know so you know of course you're not gonna be able to cover everybody um can you can you touch on everybody i try you know at yeah. least with with even if i don't get them for an interview some people wouldn't agree to an interview some people were you know flaky on interviews or just couldn't you know i just couldn't lock them down other people just flat out said no mm. um so i understand that but that doesn't mean that i won't um have a, an interview in the book where i talk about them or that doesn't mean that I won't write about them here or there. You know, I try to, 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 to cast a pretty wide net as far as who I talk about. It doesn't mean everybody will be profiled in that way or their photo will be in there and their, their interview will be in there and their bio. Um, but, you know, I, I try to touch on all the different points, at least going backwards, you know, going backwards from the point where we started in 2005, um, because a lot of those artists never got written about. But to, to talk about the, the other point you brought up about it being a community, I mean, you can't forget that, that a lot of rappers in Houston, a lot of artists are fully independent. They yeah. run their own record labels. They produce, you know, they produce their own tracks. They have their own studios. They put all their own money into their projects. So, you know, it's not to say that you can't have that sort of independence 
and also foster a community, I think it's possible. But when you're also looking at a city that's as spread out as Houston is, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. You know, a lot of the artists I talk to are very astute businessmen, business people. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, of course, they want to get a leg up. You know, yeah. if it's at the expense of, uh, you know, other artists, I mean, I guess that's a different thing. But, you know, he, here is the, the, therein is where it actually helped for me being in New York um, and, and not out amongst everybody in Houston while I've been working on these books, because I can kind of zoom out and, and sort of and do a lot of it from afar. A lot of these are phone conversations. A lot of these are interviews that, that you know, I booked whenever I got to Houston. OK, well, I'm going to run around and meet these people. Um, but I'm not out amongst them all the time with, you know, somebody saying, Hey, you're right about my record. You know? Well, uh, well, just how's it been? Well, just how's it been? Uh, whether it's, uh, how you did a Houston rap tapes the first time or, or the new edition now have, cause it it is a very, um, region specific artifact. And when, I mean, I don't know if you had people, um, read it and respond to it, you know, saying, as you mentioned earlier, how people, you know, don't, didn't know that definite dude or whoever mm-hmm. was down here. Um, have you found that people, um, uh, take in the book and kind of get a whole other, a whole, uh, other perspective on, uh, Houston rap or things they just didn't know about? Yeah. Especially, well, Houston rap is, that's a given, but, um, I think, you know, we, we talk about so much stuff in the books that really doesn't have much to do with rap. You know, we talk about neighborhoods, mm-hmm. talk about crack cocaine, which, you know, you could argue that crack cocaine actually has a lot to do with rap because that's what really the, the conditions that crack cocaine produced or, or what gave us gangster rap, yeah. you know. So, you know, you could say that that has a lot to do with it. But, um, but there's also the history of the neighborhoods. You know, there's the health of the neighborhoods. There's all kinds of stuff that we talked about that I think... Um, has been eye-opening for people, but you know, really it's, it's sort of still uncharted waters. I don't know how people are going to respond to it, to be honest, because the, the, the first books trickled out so slowly, you know, there's 2000 copies of the original Houston rap tapes. So, you know, not that many people have copies of it. So I haven't had that much feedback, you know, and it, it, it probably at least, you know, maybe what somebody, else experiences when they publish a book i don't know i think that'll change this time around because the university of texas press has such a wide reach you know their books they go into libraries they go into universities you know colleges all over the place pretty automatically so you know a lot more people you know are set up to experience it this time which was not necessarily the case with the other books Mm -hmm. so you know a lot of the feedback i got was you know when when we were in town or or you know on our book tour or you know, just going back and, and visiting Houston. But I'm looking forward to seeing what people get out of it, you know? Yeah. Maybe you should have gotten Shay Serrano to do the Ford because then <laughs> it, it they would have just flown off the shelves because he, I don't know how he does it. He's got that magic touch, which is. He's certainly got a reach. Yeah, he got a reach. Uh, and, um, okay, well, I'm trying to think. Oh, but uh, also, uh, you're also a filmmaker, if I may, if that's a proper way because i believe didn't you um uh shoot a, a video for your uh your uh, wife uh for her new uh for a new endeavor i did yeah yeah, yeah. um I, you know 
I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't call myself a filmmaker, but I have been a graphic designer for, you know, better part of three decades. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that was, uh, before I was ever a writer, I was a graphic designer and, um, and I put out her records on my label, Ojet, which is a Houston label that's 20 years old now. And I rebooted it whenever I got to New York and they needed a video and, you know, I was putting out the record. So I just made a video. Um, I didn't really know how, but, uh, you know, years ago when I was working at a creative agency, we, uh, one of our clients was the Houston Lockstock Show and Rodeo. And so I used to go there every morning and get the, the feed from the, um, the highlights from the night before, you know, the calf roping, and, you know, the bull riding and, and all that. And I would take those and I would cut them up and, and make a web page out of them. And, you know, 20 years ago, making a web page took all day. So that was really the first video work I ever did. And it was actually the only video work I ever did. I didn't pick it back up until a couple of years ago when, uh, when I made a video for Legion Fields. So I don't really know where that will go, but, um, it's certainly more, um, immediately rewarding, I would say than, than writing, which is such a grind and takes forever. You know, you work on it, you work on a book for years and years before anything ever happens with it. But when you're editing video, you know, you're working from your own sources and you're, you're putting things together in the, in the, in a way that works for you. Um, it's pretty satisfying like right away. Yeah. Um, so So. I definitely enjoy it. I don't know how much else, um, I don't know what other kind of calling I would have to do it, but, um, well, we'll well, yeah, by the way, we should point out that your wife is, uh, Jennifer Charles, who, uh, who has, who's done, uh, with the group of Legion Fields, as you just mentioned. Indeed. Yeah. And so, yeah, doing this uh, stuff. And Lovage, which you probably know. Yeah, of course. That's my favorite uh, stuff thing she did on that uh, with uh, my favorite one of my favorite Dandy Automator projects, the thing mm-hmm. Mary Wayne presents Lovage. Yeah, we, t- we talked about that a while, long time ago. But um, we gotta go real quickly. But you will be in Houston, um, doing a book tour, um, in a couple of weekends. You're gonna be a lot of different places. And yes, uh, next uh, weekend. Yeah, real quickly, just tell people where you'll be at. Sig's Lagoon uh, next Saturday, the 13th at 6 p.m. Uh, to 9 p.m. I'll do a DJ set um, all day. The next day, I'll be at Screwed Up Records and Tapes, yeah. 12 to 6 p.m. Uh, Monday, the 15th, I'll be at U of H um, at noon for a lecture. And then the 21st, and then that night, I'm going to be on The Groove with Bobby Fats. And then on the 21st, I'll be at uh, Brazos Bookstore at 5 p.m. Okay, and uh, tell people where they can contact you. HoustonRapTapes.com or, or LanceScottWalker.com. Same deal. And also Lance S. Walker on uh, Instagram and everything. That's the one. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. It's good talking to you. And, uh, you know, quit me mugging in photos. <laughs> hey, you know, you got you to gotta work both sides. All right. Well, well just uh, good luck with everything, man. Thanks for everything. Thank you, sir. I'll see you in Houston. All right, man. Take see care. You. Bye. All right, that was uh, Lance Scott Walker. Um, I got to go. Flight Squad Radio is about to come on, and also uh, Flash Gordon Parks is doing his show in the main station. Until then, this is Craig Lindsay saying, uh, Sarah Huckabee, you, me, and a big jar of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. All right, bye.